When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. For I speak to you as a man who has lived among you. Your gods are my gods. I was born a Saxon, but raised a Dane. For years that divided me. But perhaps the gods have led us all here. For I will offer you a bargain. I ask you to fight now for me and for Northumbria. And if we take these lands, we will be taking them for Saxons and for Danes. Follow me, and all Danes will live in peace here. I swear this to you. Danes will not be hunted nor live in forests. You will have lands and homes. And I ask you not to do this for Saxons. Do it for what your forebears came here for. For the reason they risked their lives and crossed the seas. To make a homeland. Follow me in this, I swear. You have my word as a Saxon and as a Dane. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to The Last Kingdom on Netflix, so grab an ale, sit back and relax, and let's see how England was born. My name's Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I am ready to run through a brick wall right now. Let's go. Fighting for Danes and Saxons. Gonna live happy. Gonna do the thing. Yes. Oh, let's just go to town for Uhtred. You tell me go to Pluto. I'll go to Pluto. I'm good. I don't care. Let's go. Me too. That was some good stuff right there. <laughs> it really was. I don't know how you can't, like, it was for Saxons. Like, I can't, I don't know how you, that doesn't get you excited. If you, if you don't get excited from that, you don't got a pulse. Oh, well, some people, some people get excited and some people are just tired. Well, then that's on them. They don't but got a pulse. what an amazing finale. <laughs> I am, it, yeah. it was just awesome. So we're going to delve into this show um, because we just can't wait to talk about it before we do. This is your final warning, friends. We're not going to be having other Last Kingdom podcasts until the movie comes out. Correct. Which it will be coming out. There's no at some point date. There's no announcement date yet for it. So or at some point, uh, you know, premiere date for it. But it, uh, my best guess, since it, I think, just stopped principal photography not too long ago, I would say probably next year. That's when we're going to see it. Okay, that's my guess. That all being said. Please stay in touch with Blake and I. Go to Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube and search Mary and Blake and follow along. Let us know your favorite things that you're tuning into now. Of course, you're podcasting about the House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, the Potterverse with Harry Potter. So those are going to be our ongoing uh, podcasts that are going to be taking taking place while while we go into the fall here in 2022. And also, we want to thank our friends at Join the Nerd Clan dot com for making all of this possible. So let's get into the show. Let's do it. Of course, this is the finale, and you might just sit there and be like, duh, Mary, we know. But in case you're someone who binged the entire season and maybe you don't know where things began or ended, uh, a quick little thing. Um, Edward's attack sucks. The Scots come out of the woods, and they start to push them all up against that cliff, and we see many a splatter. Mm, Many. Lots of blood this episode. Lots of blood. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, So uh, Constantine, um, as I said, he's he's pushing all those guys back. Wickar hangs out in Bebenburg and just kind of watches everything from up high. (laughs) 
Stiora saves the day and she and the Danes end up making a sandwich with the Scots in the middle. And Edward is pumped. He thinks that this is the greatest thing ever. Uhtred has Bebenberg. Uhtred tells everybody, this is my land. Edward says, I love you, Uhtred. Uhtred says, cool. By the way, I made a deal with King Constantine because he's really cool. And uh, these lands are my lands. They are not your lands. And maybe one day one of your many bastards can take care of it. Not one of the <laughs> bastards. But one of your kids can take care of it. But it's not happening now. Peace. And Osbert, who is the baby that has not been named. Makes a reappearance, baby. Osbert, meaning the second, meaning yes. Uhtred's first name. Yes. He's there. That's a great callback. Yeah. That's a great callback. So <clears throat> that's that. That is that, ladies and gents. Destiny is all, man. We did it. All right. So, <sighs> director, uh, Last Kingdom OG director, John East, who directed episodes 203, 204, 305, 306, and 509, the last episode. And the writer, once again, Martha Hillier. She is the showrunner of The Last Kingdom and the future writer of The Seven Kings Must Die, the feature film that is yet to be given a release date. And Barry, as I've always said, she's written a ton of episodes of The Last Kingdom. So, yeah, do that on your own time. Oh, do it on your own time. <laughs> You know, you, you missed the jump there, man. Sorry. You missed the jump. That's I'm, okay. No problem. I'm all tired today, friends. So I'm yes. trying. I'm trying. Yep. All right. Uh, your shields rating. How many shields Five. are you given? Yep. Okay. Love it. Yep. You know what? Me too. Yay. Me too. And I would say that this is probably my favorite episode of the season um, because it just pulls everything together the I way that I think that. The Last Kingdom is supposed to do. So how many? What's your GBG? You're good. You're bad. And you're great. <sighs> my good. Is we're home. It's a little charred. But little I like bit. my marshmallows charred, so <laughs> I guess I'll take Bev and Bird charred. You might want to work on that, you know, since your whole place is kind of made out of wood. But yeah. we're home, and everybody's got a home. I don't know where the ale came from. Maybe that was part of uh, Ethel Holmes' picnic and Instacart order because there was a lot of ale. So much ale. But everybody's happy and is at home, and I'm here <clears throat> for it. Yes. My bad was the splattering of blood as those soldiers would fall. Oh, man. Gross. There was that one, like they would cut away at the end, uh, so you didn't see anybody fall and like splat until there was that one time. Just gush. It was just this. It he just. It was like, it was like a gusher. You know, it was like when you chew into a gusher and all the juice comes out. Makes you think of the people who created the the bloody stuff, the prosthetics people, and yeah. everyone. Makes you think how many tries they had of like throwing. I don't know what they used, a jug. Maybe they exploded things from behind the rocks. Like, yeah. how many takes did they have to get to get that one? Because probably others didn't look like a proper body exploding at the right. bottom right. of Unless it was cliff. CGI blood, which they have used, you know, okay. in these big splats. So huh. I thought it was very splatterific. So <laughs> splatterific. that was my bad, just because I don't like blood and okay. that would have freaked me out. Oh, that was good. And then my greats. Yes. It's just the show. Oh, look at you. Just tying it up with an easy bow. It's a little bit of a warm take right there. I don't care, man. I'm, it's mine. I, I would say that's a that's a that's a lukewarm take. Buzz off, man. <laughs> okay, let's hear yours. All right. Uh my good. Mike I just like making fun of you. That's all. I know. <laughs> my good is Aleswith. I I have to give it to Aylesworth again, Eliza Butters Butterworth. I always want to say Buttersworth because of South Park. Um, coming out after the whole battle's done, after everything is over, she's like, "This is great." By the way, I'm going to need a sea view. Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you have a great sea view here. That's awesome. I'm going to need one as well. Thank you. Thanks for the room. Thank like, you. not even like, oh, can I stay or can we do this? Like, does no, she no. want to stay there forever because she doesn't want to be at the castle or is this just her summer lodging? Yeah. Like, this is just her summer house. Yeah. Whatever. When I'm, I'm in go the area, I am going to need the best room. You know, Uhtred, I treated you like dog shit all these years, but- I'm not even the queen right now. Yeah. I'm just a, I'm just a lady. No. I killed a man with my bare hands. <laughs> kind I of wasn't lady. wearing gloves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she now- I mean, maybe she just means tonight. Maybe she, just tonight she wants the the problem. I would hope so because if that if that is uh, for the rest of her life kind of lodging, mm -hmm. we got issues. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yo, Aleswith, 
Mm-hmm. Take go get your sand, uh, shine box. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other good is actually the battle itself, getting in, getting it over with right away, and the, actually the way that the battle was constructed. It was uh, terrifically shot, terrifically choreographed. This is mm-hmm. probably the best battle scene that we've had yet. Uh, I had a I had a, a knowledge of where I was. I knew where all these people were coming from. I knew where the, I knew where they were going. I could see the entire battlefield at sometimes yeah. and and the Saxon army getting enveloped by the Scots. Like my issue last episode where I didn't know where I was. Right. Was fixed in this one. It was one. fixed in this one. And the battle itself told a specific story. There was, you know, rising tensions and then there was releases of tension. There was um you know there was uh, a certain amount of success and then there was certain amounts of failure. There was a fake out of death for Aldhelm. Uh, there was a lot going on. And, you know, whenever I think, I think when a lot of filmmakers talk about battles and what they're supposed to look like, you know, the one that's always referenced is Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings. Mm. And that's not just because I'm a, you know, we're Lord's Lord of the Rings nerds here, but that it's just because it's a perfectly constructed battle in every way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'm not going to say it was as epic as that because it wasn't, but I think it was constructed similarly with, um, you know, successes and failures. And, and, and that's the important thing. If it's just, uh, people just fighting, it gets boring. It gets everything mishmashes together. You need to see somebody die. You need to see somebody fail. You need to see, you need to see the, the, the changing tides of a battle. Um, and, you know, that is a perfect example of that is, the Saxons getting uh, enveloped. I'm sorry, the Scots coming out and getting enveloped and, and then the, the other Scots coming from behind and running around. And then it, it's just an excellent structure mm-hmm. for a battle. The bad for me, I felt like during this battle though, Edward was just about to fall off that edge for most of the battle. Like, all he was doing was yelling, but next to his son, but still yelling. I know, but it wasn't even the fact that he was yelling. It was more along the lines of like, you see all these people getting like pushed off mm-hmm. and it felt like, you okay, know, Edward was next. Like he was in the next row of people. Reminds me of the game with the quarters when you're at like a little penny arcade I know. and you put it through and you're like, come on, I'm so close to making them all fall and I make myself rich. It's such, oh. That's what that game was. And it and just he, felt he was like the quarter that just wouldn't fall. It reminded me of if you guys are if you listeners are fans of Fast and the Furious, uh Fast and the Furious Six when they have that mile long uh airstrip that just never seems to end. And that's how I felt with this scene where it was like, okay, it shows Edward almost at the edge. And then a bunch of people fall off and you're like, oh, dude, he's in the next row. Like, he's going to get thrown off. And then they cut to Uhtred and he's doing his big speech and mm-hmm. all this stuff is happening. And all of this is happening in real time. So then they cut back to to Edward and he's still like three people deep. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? Ah! Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? How did you not move? And then my great. My great is a blink and you'll miss moment. Did I miss it? Yes, you did. Well, actually, I, I told you. I remember when we were watching it, I pointed it out, but I'm not sure if you remember. It's a blink and you'll miss moment. And it was after the battle. Everybody is celebrating. And there's this shot of Edward. And Edward is among all of his people. And he's walking through all the people. And as we see, we're, as we're in this tracking shot, we're seeing all of the major players along the sides of him. We see Ethelstan. Stiora, we see Aleswith, and then, you know, eventually it leads to Uhtred at the end, and that's when they have their discussion. Mm-hmm. But before we get to the end, the Ethelstan is there, and Edward is clinking cups with everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, congratulations and yada, from yada. From the Instacart. Yeah. From the Instacart. And he doesn't take a drink, but what he does is as he's clinking cups with people, he sees Ethelstan and he takes the cup and he passes it to Ethelstan. And I thought that this was a great, magical, subtle moment mm-hmm. um, of the show recognizing that Edward is the king. He's passing the cup to his son, who is going to be the next king, yep. the one that unites all of England, uh, one that you know could be 
uh, the person who makes all the, all yeah, this happen. Yeah, Uhtred references, yeah. And I thought that was a great subtle reference, and mm. that was really, really well written, very smart. Whether or not they intended for that, I don't know. I'm, I would like to think that they did. Mm-hmm. Either way, I, that's how I took it, and that's I, that's what I loved. I so, love it. Uh, so, Marvin. Oh my goodness gracious, we made it. We're here. We're at the end. We sure did. I can't believe we're here at the end. Neither could Uhtred. I mean, he was crying. Oh, man. So let's just talk about that real quick. That montage at the end. Oh. What did you think about that? Um, Like it. Okay. But I also have a problem with it. Okay, what's the problem? Where's Osforth? Oh, they didn't show Osforth. No. Interesting. Shame on you. Oh, interesting. Shame. Exactly. Wow. That's interesting. I don't you know what I don't remember seeing him. But you know who they did show? They showed my girl Isolt. They showed everybody. They even showed the witch lady. Not even Isolt, the lady before her. Oh yeah. Why show her and not <clears throat> Osforth? I don't know. I mean, maybe they did. I mean, if they didn't, that they is didn't. a big error. They didn't. That's a big error if they didn't. I was waiting. Um, but you know, I the show. The good thing about what the show did was the episode, rather, is that the battle was over halfway through the episode, essentially, and the rest of it was more of a, um, I don't want to say a coda, but it was more of like a, a reflection. On everything that's transpired in this entire series. And I think some people could call that a a cop-out if they really wanted to. I'm not sure if I'm there with that. I think this show is so very concerned with its characters and it's so very concerned with what has happened in Uhtred's life Mm -hmm. and what has defined Uhtred at that moment. And it's important, I think, for him to reflect at the end, once he's in Bevenberg what has made him the person that he is today and how that is influenced by the speech that he gave at the top of our episode. You know, like he is both Saxon and Dane and that, and he can provide a life of, for both. Right. And it's important to look back on his life and say, these are all the things that happened. Is there anything that, that did stand I mean, other than Osforth no. not being in it? Is there anything that stood out to you? Um, that that happened in the montage. No, no. Uh, to be honest, I like the fact that they included Isolt. Oh, they didn't have Tora either. No, they definitely did not. I will. I totally acknowledge that. We got Bianca though. Bianca living and dying. Appreciate, appreciate. Yeah, yeah. We got some Gisela. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, you could sit there and say, okay, it's just people who have truly changed the direction in his life. Mm. But to which I'm going to say, then why have the witch lady? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Was it Skade? I don't even, prob- no. No, it, was, it wasn't Skade. Not the blonde witch lady, the black haired witch lady. Yeah, Isolt. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why have Isolt? Because he loved her. I mean, that was his first. Oh, that wasn't his first love, but that was like. I mean, did she really change him? She did because he, he she was the reason why he ended up going to fight Scorpa. Remember, he, he remember he captured her and he <sighs> held up her head. I just don't think you need her. You need Osforth. Well, if I had to make a choice, I agree it would, mm. it would be Osforth. But I'm I'm in on the Isolt life. Okay. I'm in. It's the sexiest moment of all of television mm-hmm. when she looks at him. Then they sh- they showed that scene too. You know what I'm thinking? The writers do listen to us because they they included that scene. They included the chicken in Heston for you, and they included the sexiest scene in all of television for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So, are you pleased with the finale? Is it something that like? Because I do want to have a conversation about the show's legacy and mm-hmm. what it is and where it is in comparison to other shows. I liked it. I liked that Uhtred just pushed Whitgar over onto his dining room table. It's going to yes. take a lot of suds to get that out. <laughs> it reminded me, because that's what they did in Jurassic Park with the Indoraptor. Oh, yes, that's Indoraptor right. Jurassic steward. World. Sorry. Come on, get that Jurassic right. Jurassic World something something. 
um, Fallen Kingdom. Thank you. I got you. It falls on the Triceratops horns. Yes, it does. Yes. Look at you, so nerd. That's I thought. I thought, oh, you're just like the end. Nerd! <laughs> um, you know... I, I loved what happened at the ending in regards to Edward thinking, okay, so now what you're going to do is we're all going to go outside yeah. and uh, you're going to kneel and uh, it's cool because you've been baptized twice and you're just going to pledge allegiance to me. And Uhtred looks at him saying, brah, this is my idea. Right. You suck. I've got the hot king on my side. <laughs> when the hot king, King Constantine, rolls out after he gets his cousin back or whoever that guy was mm-hmm. rolls out on his horse and he mean mugs. Oh, Edward. such side eye. Oh my God. That's a King. <laughs> Mary's getting all flustered. But honestly, Edward's just looking at him. And I thought that was a very telling shot mm-hmm. standing there next to his mom. <laughs> <laughs> mom he's looking at me funny. I need my mom to cheer me up and send me off to battle. You know what I, was this the previous episode? What? Um I I didn't like that we Utrid yes. was speaking to the king saying, Please sir, don't go in. Oh sir. yeah. Don't yeah, go yeah. in. Um that was previous. Or was that this one? I see it's all a blur. No, it was this one. It was this and, one. And you know, obviously Edward says, Shut up, kid. I'm gonna do what I want. I'm the king. Right. But I was wondering, why even is we Utrid thinking he can tell the king what to do? Right. Like how is that even a thing? Yes. Like you, where, where, why are you even on the front lines of anything? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we doing? I don't know. Someone <laughs> messed up that order, that lineup order. So, you know, I, I like that the show got rid of the battle essentially halfway through the thing, and because it it started, it wanted to deal with its legacy. I think all town being trampled, but not really dead. Yes, that not appreciative. Yeah, well, what's worse, uh, spoiler alert, Glenn and the Walking Dead or Aldhelm? Glenn and the Walking Dead. Yeah, I agree. That was that was Because Aldhelm pops up five minutes later. Yes. I mean, should have at least had some gross looking thing on his face. Yeah, well, I mean, he was limping a little bit. Oh, okay. And he was, you know, cr- clutching his And they would have chest. felt bad killing. Now, remember how last episode we were talking about who was going to die? And yes. he was one of the people who we thought... But I think they had to do it this way, so we couldn't be mourning. We couldn't be super sad. We just felt complete after this episode. Sure. And I think that's the point of getting the battle halfway done is because there's no doubt, I think, in your mind or my mind or anybody that's watching this show that they're going to win, right? Like, Uhtred's going to get Bebenberg, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not about the battle. It has to happen, and it's something that they have to do. And they can make a big spectacle out of it, which they did with the slow motion and the big, like they spent all of their VFX money on, on, on this battle. But what it really comes down to is how do they handle the aftermath? Like what, what is the thing that makes this episode tick? And what makes it tick is what Uhtred says to Edward later on. Like, that's the thing that, that's why this episode exists, in my opinion. Because it has to be a reflection of Uhtred as he is, as a Saxon. I will, I will, you know, honor you as my overlord, but you are not going to have these lands because you are not the person to unite Saxon and Dane. After all of the stuff that you've, uh, all the division that you've sowed between Saxon and Dane, it ain't you. And, I have no problem admitting that, you know, Wessex is going to take over the whole thing eventually, mm-hmm. just not in your lifetime. Um, what do you think about that message, number one, but also how the the remainder of the episode was handled with all the other characters? I loved it. Yeah. Um, I th- I'm proud of him for saying that ed- to Edward and he kind of just got to call his bluff. Come at me, bro. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, right. Now change your mind when you just scared all of these Danes. The Danes who you banished, because mm-hmm. those are all Sid Trigger's Danes. Yes. They just saved your arse. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit, we've, we've talked about the king being kind of gray and kind of Which like- Which king? A, uh, king Edward. Okay. Uh, just being kind of wooden for, through most of this season and- 
I think that's probably by design. However, the hatred and the ugliness and the, the, the fieriness he has in his eyes and in his delivery mm-hmm. when he's speaking with Uhtred, it shined for me. Like it, it was spectacular. I, for some reason, that is when I was like, ooh, this ain't good. I mean, like you knew it wasn't going to be good, but like that was for like it just finally came out of him mm-hmm. a little bit more than what has been coming out in previous scenes. Mm-hmm. And for for all of the the uh, part of him, I think is right, where he's like, "Are you kidding me? Like I just came here with my men mm-hmm. and liberated this whole thing for you." And now you're telling me to go pound sand? No, you came here to save your niece. <sighs> yes. Because your mom told you to. Y- yes, but he also came there with, I think it was the presupposition that they were going to go get the niece, free Northumbria, Uhtred is going to take it over for the king. And then all of England was going to be united. I feel like that was one of those things that was discussed. Yeah, it was discussed when he said it before Edward turned all of his men's swords on him. That was the deal before Edward went crazy. Good okay? point. Good he was point. with all the people and everyone just, you know, stepped next to him. And then he took a sword on him. I'm going to take it back too. Good point. You suck at being a king. I don't want my people around you. <laughs> you suck, bro. Yeah. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Uh, Ethelhelm gets it in the head, literally. Finally gets it in the head. We were talking last episode about who you think was going to kill Ethelhelm. Did he get his comeuppance? And did it go down the way that you thought it would? And did you like it? I'm okay with it, but I don't, it's not how I wanted. What did you want? him to fail in the eyes of his grandson because he tells him like tell my grandson i was brave or honorable or whatever i died with honor and i wanted his grandson to think opposite of him which obviously he does well yeah i mean he walks away telling ethelstan to do with him what he what he pleases right and they have that whole i wanted them to hold hands and be like brother do with him how you please brother and hold hands i don't think they're gonna hold hands i don't think ethelstan's a hand-holding type no, he's not. Elf weird is. Yes. I mean, with that hair. I mean, how could you not be? Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're into the hand holding. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, part of me wanted Elf weird to kill the grandfather, but I'm glad he didn't, because I just I like we said last episode. I don't think that he is capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Ethelstan is, and Ethelstan makes. Phil recognize oh no no you're gonna have to live with this death would be too easy for you mm-hmm. and of course you know Phil takes his you know takes the sword yeah. plunges it in you know into his into his jaw and that's that's the end uh, but I, I feel like he got I feel like he got it pretty bad like he recognized yeah. like there there's no no way out for mm-hmm. this here and I, I, agreed I love that it was with Ethel Stan yes I think it's uh, when Ethelstan went into Bebenberg after Uhtred, I was like, oh no. Like, because what I don't want, I don't want Ethelstan to get into some useless battle, like in some useless fight for the sake of him doing it. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want him to save Uhtred's life necessarily, mm-hmm. because I think Uhtred's strong enough to do that by himself and recognize, you know, what's coming. And I was like, oh, he's going to go in there and he's going to either face, he's going to have some stupid fight with somebody that isn't going to be consequential to the plot whatsoever, or he's going to save Uhtred's life and it's just going to like be a cute little bow and I don't want that. And sure enough, once again, they subverted expectation and they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. They have Ethelstan talk to his own brother about, you know, this kid's grandfather telling him the truth and then Uhtred fights his own battle with Witgar and you do have a sense that Ethelstan is trying to get Uhtred out once he comes out and he sees that Bevenberg is burning. But then we have that great sequence where the rain starts and puts out all the fires. Tell me your thoughts 
because I have some big thoughts about this, about the rain and coming in out of nowhere and putting the flames out. And that's that. You want to know where the rain came from? I mean, they no, are on the but, sea. I know, but like. They get storms a lot. What did you, th- what did you think about that? It um, is England. It's true. Uh, is it? It was destiny, Blake. It was yeah. destiny. Okay, you obviously you want to talk some deep stuff about the rain. It was beautiful. It was perfectly timed. I'm happy for Uhtred and he cried. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's, it was like perfectly timed. It's okay. It happens. Mm. It's a finale. They're allowed to have that happen. And I was happy for him. So... And what I loved about it, too, is Ethelstan witnessed it. Yes. And here's Uhtred been saying, I'm a Saxon Anadane and all this stuff. And, you know, he fights this far because he finally gets it and it's about to be ripped from him. Yeah, right. So I loved that. It's finally something went good for him. Yeah, right. And, you know, and the rain comes and the thunder claps, Um, you know, and of course, Thor, God of Thunder, the whole thing. And and then the rain. Um, Thunder claps as soon as Uhtred says, no, it's my destiny to die in Bebenberg. And that's when the rain comes and puts out all the flames. You know, I think it's, I think in any other show, I would have a really hard time accepting this, Mm -hmm. the way that it happened. But because the show has been so much and so focused on destiny and the struggle between God or gods and... And Uhtred questioning his destiny. I right. don't understand why I'm doing this. Why is this happening to me? And you see in the flashback everything he's gone to, mm-hmm. gone through, and he's been vocalizing his confusion. Right, right. And it, and it takes, it takes, oddly enough, it doesn't take a Dane to convince him to keep going forward. It takes Father Purelig, and it takes Hild talking about their god mm-hmm. as opposed to the the you know the the dane gods um to keep pushing forward it's it's their reassurance from their god that pushes him to his destiny of of yeah. of taking bebenberg and again that that's kind of why i can kind of whistle past the graveyard on this because the show has been so intentional with its depiction of utrid's destiny and what that means and Using not necessarily the gods, but the idea of the gods as uh, as the great mover of destiny, and for that thunder to clap the way that it does, mm-hmm. uh, with both you know a Saxon and a Dane in, within the walls of Bebenberg, when it, and put out the flames of you know uh, evil, if you will, mm. I think it speaks to both Saxon gods and Dane gods, and. You can make your choice as to who is doing what. Destiny is all, man. Destiny is all. I, I just I find that to be uh, an interesting an interesting choice mm-hmm. for for the show and Agreed. what they what they wanted to do with that. Um, let's see. Oh, the fiery cross. The Scots. When the Scots come walking out, there is a. This is for all of you Outlander nerds. Did a fire sauce and I. There is a fiery cross being uh, the- They burn the church. Yeah, they burn the church. And the fiery cross is what is what indicates them uh, coming to to, uh, to Bebenberg, which I thought was, which was interesting. And the funny thing is, the shot that they use for the fiery cross is the same exact angle from the previous episode where it was like, where, where it was um, Edward's army crossing o- over to Be- Bebenberg. Hmm. It was the same exact shot, but just different armies. Cool. And it was on fire, which is like really cool. Like I love s- small things like that where they can repeat repeat scenes with different contexts and different meanings and what they what they indicate for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about for this episode, my love? I mean, it really did tie things up with a nice bow. And as much as we can say that and say like, Ooh, that's how I, that's what I like about movies, you know? So if this is the finale, I'm here for it. Give me the lit up castle at Cinderella's castle in magic kingdom with the fireworks. Give me all the sappy. Give me all of the feels. Yes. However, what are we setting up for the movie? 
Well, that's a great question, and I'm gonna a- I'm gonna answer that by asking you another question. I mean, I have some ideas too. Yeah. Does the fact that we're getting a movie now take away from anything that the finale has accomplished? No, because we were told once long ago that Ethelstan is the future king of England. If I didn't have that super. Knowing that he was going to be the future king of England, I would have an issue saying, what happens next? How do we know Edward's going to stick to it? But seeing the relationship that Uhtred has with Ethel, Ethelstan, even when they're fighting and he actually like betters Oh, yeah, Uhtred, betters Uhtred, yeah, yeah. That is why I'm 100% okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I, like there is, I wanted you know, of course, with a finale, what you want is finality, right? You want you want there to be a closure mm-hmm. on what you've been watching. And my sense is we got that. We got that from this episode specifically because we began the first season with Uhtred saying, Bebenberg is mine. Yes. And then we have the final moment of the final season with Bebenberg, Uhtred on the top, looking out over the ocean, mm-hmm. recalling his life and seeing all the things that he has gone through to get here. Both good, bad, ugly, you know, hate, friendship, love, all of that. Mm-hmm. So they told a complete story, I think, for the series. And again, like I said, because, you know, the battle is the battle, it's not about it's not about the battle for Bebenberg. We Again, we all knew that it was going to happen. We all knew that it was going to win. Yes. It's what is the cost of winning? And what is the cost of living both of those lives, both Saxon and Dane for Uhtred? And for him to look back on all of his failings, but also his, you know, his um, success is... <sighs> Indicative of a bittersweet moment mm. where it's like, I'm finally here, but all this has happened and all my life is still in quite like it's not like we mentioned that it's an, a nice, neat little bow, but it's still not neat. No, not yet. Um, so I think they told a complete story for the series, but that leads to your next question, Mary, which is what are they going to do for the movie? And my sense is we're probably going to have another time jump. Agreed. And I hope we get to stick with the same actor of Ethelstan. I've really enjoyed him, and I think that they can age him up because I feel like this was the age that we had as Edward for younger, and mm. they've aged him up. And they aged up Steora too. Yes. So I don't see a problem with aging him up. In fact, I, I would be shocked if they didn't do that. We couldn't necessarily see the gender of the baby no so we don't know if the baby's male or female and what that's going to do for the line of succession right um here's what i want okay okay i'm shipping everyone (laughs) i want edith and utrid to keep each other company have a great time snuggle are they going to be a thing yeah they're going to be a thing okay yeah I, I, I feel like they're going to be a thing. There's too. so much sexual tension. Yes. And even though I loved her sexual tension with Finnan, I appreciate that Finnan's married and I like his wife. And yep. I think that this could be good for Uhtred. They've both been through a lot of stuff. And she knows that she's not going to replace his other honeys. Then I want Stiora to marry Constantine. Why? Why not? Somebody. <laughs> oh, but he has a love. Yeah. So no, you can't, Aww. you can't do that. You can't do that. Somebody's got to bet that man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I volunteers. Hild. Hild yeah, will. <laughs> hey, how about Hild, by the way? Hild, coming, coming out. In. Yes. Just ripping guys apart. Just saying, please don't. Please don't. Okay. You're Fine. gone. I've been practicing. I know. Oh, that was a great moment. Please don't. Just don't. And then she does. And that is it. And then she holds up the sword and all the guys just run past her yes. as she's asking for forgiveness from God. Again, that's another, it's another, I don't want to say commentary, but it's, it's an interesting note Hmm. that as she's asking for forgiveness from God, all the, all of the people from Bebenberg, all of Whitgar's men just go running past her. Yep. 
with no fight, no nothing. She she must have a rep, man. She must be the fighting nun. I know, right? <laughs> and I thought that was also another nice bit of of humor uh, in this in this episode, where mm-hmm. you know she shows up with Asbert. We have to. She's just awesome, right? And like she's like she is trucking her way to Bevenberg with Osbert in in where in tow. Where was she hiding him? Because she's been at the fortress with Heston. Good point. How did she get him so quick? And they're coming from the ocean. Right. Did she just drop him off in the brush saying, hi, honey, you got to wait a couple just of days. Wait here. <laughs> I think these berries aren't poisonous. <laughs> Here's some newspaper and just in I'm case you have to go. back in three days, <laughs> go back home. Um, yeah. What do you think about that, by the way? Um, Hild bringing Osbert and the fact that we have his name now, Osbert. Which makes sense. How do we friggin' not know he was going to be an Osbert? A good point. Very good point. He's Osbert, son of Uhtred. Yes. Um. What do you think about his inclusion at the end of all this? Because my sense is that he is going to play a major role in the film. My sense is that the writer said, all right, we've heard it. We lost a baby. <laughs> we got to fix this. That's what I think. I don't think he's going to play a major role at all. I think this was just mea culpa. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. You know what? And even if it is mea culpa, you know I'm what? Here for okay, it. I'm here you, you know what? You answered it. You did it. Thank you. You brought the chickens and you brought Osbert. <laughs> Osbert. Osbert, yes. Not Osbert. Not Osbert. He was. Yeah. Yeah. We you need, a, we need a, a flashback with him. What's worse? Uh, <laughs> Leia not hugging Chewy? Or, oh, that one. Or or Osbert no, not Leia. being in. Yeah, Leia. Leia. Not <laughs> Hashtag spoiler Chewy. alert. <laughs> oh, terrible. That was. You know what? That was a miss. That was. That was a miss. You, you, you okay. can't you can't mess that up. So that's what I want. I want Uhtred and Edith to have to have some nice times together. Um, I had shipped Constantine and Stira, but I guess I can't. No, you can't do that. And yeah, I don't really know what else I want. Then so <laughs> another I, <sighs> maybe Ethelstan and Stira. Mmm, yummy. I could see that. That could like combine the lands. Yes, I could see that. But I don't think that will happen. And they would fight together. Oh, yes. They would totally be fighting. Buddies. Okay, that's my new one. <laughs> then I think Mom the... and Dad, where'd you meet? Oh, when we were hiding along the countryside running for our lives. And <laughs> Grandpa had to protect us. <laughs> um the next I think the movie is going to be about Bebenberg, right? Obviously. And how Uhtred has now maneuvered himself in between Edward and King Constantine and what will come of that. Right. I, that, that side eye from Constantine means something. And that's why he's riding away on his horse. Yeah. That's why I ask you, Mary, does the, the knowledge of the movie take away from the finality of the finale? No, because I think everyone knows Scotland's history with England. So even if we don't know like when, what happened to Constantine? What happened to Edward? I liked that. Mm-hmm. The Scots do not want to be a part of England. Good point. He wouldn't high five them. Like, yeah, all right. Yeah. We just lost the battle. To you while you're sitting there with your mom. <laughs> Drinking your juice box. Yeah. You, you, you can't even have the ale. It's too It's too strong. <laughs> I don't do stouts. Um, would King Constantine have won the battle if he just listened to Ethelhelm? If he just said, if he just waited, if he just shut the hell up and stopped worrying about, you know, like, oh, ha- having the big swing and dick. No. You don't think so? No. How come? Because Uhtred is already inside the walls. Yeah, but everybody was, well, yeah. He would have figured something out. He would have even burned Bebenberg. Ooh, that'd be interesting. He wouldn't let that happen. He'd first free the chickens. Oh, then- yeah, obviously. Well, I mean, well. <laughs> Since Heston's no longer there, they could actually roam free. <laughs> <laughs> free range. Uh, free range chickens. Uh, um, that's an interesting thought, Mary, that he would burn Bebenberg. I don't know if he would. But I think it would be a lot harder. I think of- he'd just be hiding in the rafters. How did they hide that long? Him and, and Finnan and Citric. How'd they hide for so long in the rafters and everything? He would just hide and slowly kill them all. <laughs> Good point. He'd be like the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yes. Hanging and people from come, the rafters. Yeah, that's what he would do. Nice. Um, 
how about Finnan and Citric just taking those guys out when they were when they were like caught in the jail? Just like no, he's like <laughs> Uhtred says, "Hey, you guys got out." He's like, "Yeah, of course we got out." Like, what are you talking it. about? I loved it. <laughs> I love those boys. And then Elf Weird being imprisoned at the end of the episode that gives you an indication of what's happened to oh, him. Oh my goodness! With all he just wanted snacks. That's all he wanted. He, he was wanted a so book. happy because he hated the food that <laughs> Whitgar was giving him, and he finally he was that chicken. I don't know. I don't know if it, it was looked chicken. more like a charcuterie plate with like grapes and <laughs> cheese, cheese and, and stuff. Yeah. That's more his style. There's some gabagool. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good uh, that's a good Sopranos reference for all you nerds out there. Um, all right, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about in this episode, my love? Okay. Um, where I want to talk about the Last Kingdom's legacy and where it stands among your favorite shows, Mary, but also where it stands, it stands among other shows. And I have a great question I want to ask, but let's, let's see where it stands for you first. Okay. Where would you like, obviously we were, we were, you know, this, this podcast was one that was contracted to us because uh, we did it for the nerd clan. And, we didn't go into the last kingdom knowing that we were going to like it. We didn't know anything about it. We just said, okay, we're, we're going to podcast it as we go. And here we are. And we're at the end. And I'd like to know your thoughts on the show overall. Is it one that you've come to love? Is it one that you've come to respect? Uh, is it among your top 10? Like what, where is this show for you? I don't know. You know, it's hard for me to think of top 10. It's not my top five. Okay. I'll tell you that. Okay. I don't think it's my top 10. Fair enough. Is it one, like, as we said, we've come, we came into the show not knowing a thing. Is it a show that you've come to love? I really enjoyed it. Okay. But my taste in television shows that I would rewatch would not necessarily include this. Okay. Because it's had it, and and um, and I don't, I I don't want you all sitting here like they're like, like you're listening, you're like Mary, you just listened to you for five seasons. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just I'm not a gory person. Yes, and so I'm not someone who's really gonna be rewatching it. I can appreciate a show and not want to rewatch it again. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. That's fair. Because uh, you know I'm not a big rewatcher myself when in terms of television shows. I don't have time for that. I know that's true. Um, so for me to say that I wouldn't necessarily rewatch The Last Kingdom again, that that doesn't stand out as I think a barometer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only wa- I've only rewatched a couple of shows uh, over time, um, but I would say that I I really came to love this show. Um, as a matter of fact, now I because of this show, I have Thor's hammer around my neck. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went out and got one because I'm Danish, and I was like, you know what? I can I can like I've never had a thing where I was like proud of being Danish mm-hmm. until kind of now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think um, oh bless you, Mary's just sneezing. Sorry. Uh, I've never had a thing where I was proud to be Danish, and I saw this and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like. And now I now I wear Thor's hammer on my neck because I just think that's that's kind of awesome. Um, but I come to love the show. It took I'd say a good two seasons for me to actually really get invested. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two seasons were very good, but the three through five is what really sold it for me. And I would recommend actually I recommended it to my neighbor, and he loves it, and he watched. He actually finished it before we did. Mm. Um, and I recommended it to him like a month ago and he just plowed through the whole thing. So I came to love the show. I came to get really invested in the relationships that they fostered, um, for Uhtred and Alexander Draymond really grew on me as an actor. And, um, I, I'm going to miss it and I'm sure I'm, I'm certain that I will rewatch an episode here or there. Uh, but Mary, my question to you is this show has, I think, and rightfully so, been compared to Game of Thrones on many different levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were actually having a conversation earlier today that, you know, when we were talking about the last episode, 
you know, you, we were like, oh, we're going to talk about the crab feeder. You're like, oh, wait, no, that's that's House of the, House of the Dragon. And it, you're saying that they were so visually similar. Um, and, you know, the swords and the whole thing. And it's just a similar style. My question to you is, is The Last Kingdom better than Game of Thrones? Now that it's done? Now that it's done, knowing what happened to Game of Thrones at the end and the longevity of it is the what told her a better story in your opinion well what's cool about this is it's a lot of it was based upon real stuff mm-hmm. and i think that that's a massive difference for me yeah but just as a narrative I don't know. Because I think it's an interesting debate. It is an interesting debate. What are your thoughts? I feel like you've got thoughts on this. I do. Because obviously the Game of Thrones was more of a cultural hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, to say it's a cultural hit is, um, I, I think, doing it a, a major disservice. I mean, it's, it's a cultural zeitgeist, really. Uh, it's it, it changed television as we know it, uh, Game of Thrones. So it's it's far more quotable it's um far more recognized Mm -hmm. and the last kingdom i think goes underappreciated and i think it gets diluted because of the show vikings at the same time uh so a lot of people be like oh like i remember talking to my neighbor about it being like oh i know that show it's isn't called vikings or whatever it's on netflix and i said no no no, it's its own show like the last king it's its own thing um so i guess i think it gets diluted a little bit but when I think about the narrative, I think that The Last Kingdom did a better job. I think it told a more complete story. Yes. I think it told a much that. more efficient story. Uh, and. But that's because the story, this has been written. George R.R. R. Martin couldn't write. It's like sloth speed. <laughs> That's a good point. So if George could have told his whole story, what happened? Yeah, but you know, but like, but let's. Sucks for you, George. That's true. I mean, it sucks to suck. I mean, you know, like, that's your fault. Maybe, maybe start working a little harder, buddy. <laughs> Stop having coffee with Diana Gawaldon yes, in Arizona. Yes. And why don't you start writing Winds of Winter? Yes. Um. Yes. But I mean, there's also, I think, some responsibility for David Benoff and, and D.B. Weiss to, to tell the story as they were telling it as the showrunners of Game of Thrones, right? So when you look at the two as complete stories, I would still argue that The Last Kingdom did a better job. Um, and it didn't... It frightened me a little bit at the beginning of the season because we were moving quick. Yeah. And, you know, The Last Kingdom has always moved quick with its pace, um, especially in those first two seasons. But about halfway through the season, I would say episode four or five, all of a sudden, everything slowed way down. Mm. And instead of getting the chess pieces, I think except for like that, I think for episode eight, or was it episode seven? It was episode seven, where it felt like chess pieces. The The season slowed way down, and we really got a sense of what our characters were going through. And the struggles that they were facing. Mm-hmm. So, because of all that, I think I kind of like The Last Kingdom better. Wow. I think I do. Like, you can't, you can't deny the cultural phenomenon that Game of Thrones was. But, I, I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting debate. And I would love to hear... You know the the listeners' thoughts. If you're if you're a Game of Thrones fan or last, it's so at hard. All. It's so hard because of the last season and the whole situation with George not finishing his story. Because yeah. they are super different. Um, you know, if you're just comparing storyline to storyline and characters being tied up, you know, loose ends. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, with things being cleaner and more complete in regards to the finales of these shows. But on the flip side, if you're talking about what did I like more, man, I love me some magic. I love me some dragons. I love the White Walkers. So the spectacle. There's more spectacle in Game of Thrones. I'm just more of a fantasy person (laughs) than a blood person. Yes. And Game of Thrones did both of those for you. But Game of Thrones was a lot more rapey. 
Yes. And they did their ladies wrong many a time, um, if, I think. If anything, The Last Kingdom has done the opposite of that. Yes. The the total opposite. And I, I feel like they've propped them up. Yes. So it's, it's an interesting debate. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you look at it objectively, there's a conversation to be had. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that. All right. Anything else you want to talk about for this episode, my love, or the series in general? Um, I loved the family hug with oh Uhtred yes, and we Uhtred and Stiora. Uh, oh, yes, that hug was so good. That was that was quite good. That was quite good. We finished it. We Did finished they have it. ships at Bebenberg? I didn't see any ships. Well, they got the King Constantine's ship. <laughs> well, he probably went home on that. Oh, that's true. Good Luckily, point. he only had like three people left. <laughs> he was on a horse. Maybe he'd ride home. Yeah. Uh, anything else? That's it. All right. We can't believe we we did it. It's it's done. It's over. I really like this series, and I and thank you to the to the Nerd Clan for recommending this series to us. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a reward, uh, for, you know, gaining a certain amount of members at the nerd clan. And we're going to continue to do those types of, uh, types of deals, uh, in the future where we will ask your opinion on what you want us to podcast about if we hit a certain goal. So if you want to be a member, join the nerdclan.com, please go ahead and do so. You will have the right and the honor, to, well, not the honor, but you'll have the right to, uh, vote on our next podcast when we are able to do that. And, uh, and that will, that will be that. And among all the other things that we have going on over at jointhenerdclan.com too, including free swag and Blake's oh book club. Oh my God, guys, and- I just had a heart attack. Blake's <laughs> our next one. No, 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 no. We're not adding another podcast for a while. Not I mean, we, in 2022. No, I mean, we got, we got enough going on. So, uh, but you know, eventually we'll have another one and eventually, uh, the, the members that join the nerd clan will, will, uh, will get a chance to. Uh, decide on that so thank you to all the members there for helping enrich our lives that was this because of the show it's a big deal so very many thanks to you all right Marvin, are you ready to close this bad boy out let's do it thank you all so much it's it's been fun to talk about a very different show than I would normally watch. Yes. And to be able to share the things that I like and I don't like. And I'm shocked that I end up liking so many people on this show. Including Heston. I mean, <laughs> my number one. Finnan's my number one. Heston's my number two. I would say he's a 1A. Who's a 1A? Heston. He's a 1A. Yeah. Or a 1B. Whatever. I mean, I mean... He- in some ways he's better than Finnan. <gasps> Do I no, like I would want Finnan for my for my bow. Oh, okay, yeah. But who would you rather have? King Constantine or Finnan? Mm, that is a great question. Mm-hmm. I think King Constantine. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Because Finnan hangs with bros more than hoes. And I just feel like he'd always be like, oh, sorry, honey, I gotta go. Uhtred wants to go fight for this person. Sorry, honey, gotta go again. Whereas Constantine, I'm gonna get you a nice outfit. I'm gonna let you redecorate the house. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll get you a masseuse and uh, we'll just be cozy. We'll watch Get More Girls together. I don't even watch the Get More Girls right now, but love it. (laughs) Because the other people watch the Golden Girls. I'm more of a Gilmore Girls person. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and if he was into me, I'd be down. I wouldn't be with King Constantine if he was in love with someone else. I'll say that. Okay, yeah. Okay, but both Finnan and Constantine hearts are taken right now. Yes. But if they both were single and ready to mingle, mm-hmm. I would go with Constantine. I'm getting a little flustered. Intimidated? At, a little flustered at this conversation. Maybe you should get some fur and wear some dark blue. <laughs> I have all the dark blue. I don't have a crown. And get a horse. <laughs> You see me ride a horse once. It was miserable. <laughs> they gave Blake the smallest horse. It was like a pony. It couldn't. It was, I was trot. bigger than the horse. Yes. <laughs> that poor thing almost broke its back. Oh, man. What a mess. Well, everybody, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this show and to uh, be a part of what we're doing here at Mary and Blake Media. It is always an honor and a blessing to be with you and enjoy this community together and watch television shows and talk and nerd out at the Marion Blake Facebook group or at jointhenerdclan.com and just to have a community a community of people that just love the same thing as you do 
you know, not a lot of people know the Last Kingdom, and we are here, and we're we're with you, and we're talking about it, and it's just such a such a so much fun, and um, like I said, a, a real honor to have you allow us into I I think the most sensitive part of your body, and that is your ear. So thank you so very much for allowing us to be a part of your life uh, for the show and your experience and we're not going away entirely uh for the last kingdom we will be back we will be back for the the feature film which will be as we have noted is to be announced when that will be uh premiered my best guess like i said probably next year um you know next year around this time or maybe even uh, in november ish we'll see what happens uh but at that we point, have no idea we have no idea but when it comes out trust me we will be back here with the last kingdom of mary and blake talking about utrid and how uh, how much Mary loves Constantine and Infinin, and why I should be wearing blue and have a crown. And have an accent, either and, Irish or Scottish. Fun fact, Constantine actually is Irish, and he was faking his Scottish accent. And uh, Finnan is actually Scottish and faking his Irish accent. Love it. <laughs> All right, Marvin. Basically, you need an accent. Uh, oh, guess oh, what? Oh, I got Come one. On. <laughs> yeah, go down to the packy over a Havid. Havid kids suck. <laughs> All right, that's it. My name is Mary. My name is Blake. Destiny is all.